Hello, hello, everybody. My name is Matt Smith. And this is Cole Travis. And welcome to yet another episode of... Let's Ruin It! Okay. They're perfect on my end. <laughs> okay, okay. There's only Probably a slight delay, delay, I guess. Um, I guess so. Anyway, uh, welcome to Let's Ruin It, a podcast where we do deep dives on everything you like or maybe you don't like or maybe you know nothing about it. Who knows? We might ruin it. We might make it better. Stick around for an hour and find out. My name is Matt. And as always, my name is Cole. And uh, we're about to start with uh, the console wars. But first, uh, Cole, how was your week? You know, Matt, it was actually a really interesting week. Uh, some some weird things happened to me. Uh, I start, I gained a little bit of weight, which is which is good because I've been like sticking bones since like fuck since like you 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 since like you met me like yeah. years and years ago. That's so true. like I got like a I got a little belly on me right now, and um, I'm loving it. You know, I'm I'm feeling it right now. I feel like there's more of me. You know what I mean? Like I'm more of a human being than other people, uh, just by like mass. So that's cool. <laughs> So, uh, so you're just giant now. You're yes, fucking massive. I'm, I'm I'm more of a fucking giant than I uh, originally was, and I'm like <laughs> a six foot tall dude. Uh, weird thing number two that happened to me. Um, I uh, I punched a wall playing VR boxing last night, and I almost <laughs> broke my finger. So that oh, was cool. Shit. Yeah, I was getting really into it. It was the uh, it was the like the Creed demo that comes with the Oculus Quest, and I was getting like really into it. And I just reeled back for like the finishing blow, and my finger like almost went through the drywall next to my bedroom. <laughs> oh so, shit! That's yeah, not that was, good. That was great. And then uh, let me see. Last thing, uh, I started to uh, do chaos magic. So that's chaos a whole thing. Magic. Yeah, chaos magic, which is like it's based in meditation, and it's got like it's essentially like projecting your will into the universe. And like all these things, it's it's a fun way to pass time in quarantine. More than anything, <laughs> no idea what you're talking about, but I'm not gonna bash um, it. <laughs> I, for those of you who can like see this, uh, I recommend the Libra Knoll. Uh, it's a really cool, mm. old old thing. Check it out on your own time. We might do a deep dive into Chaos Magic at some point in the future. It's really okay. cool. Oh, we'll do a one. I know. Off. I'm like, I know. I'm, not, I'm, I'm like word vomiting right now, but uh, I got really drunk last night. Matt, oh, shit. Hold on. I don't know. If uh, you... One sec. Um, for the listeners on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere you can hear podcasts, uh, we are live right now on twitch.tv slash preoccupied. Uh, we're live every Sunday at around seven. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so if you want to see us record this shit live, uh, go there. We will post the link on Twitter and on Instagram. Anyway, and then also, go on. also on the, uh, also on our episode, uh, descriptions and whatnot. I can do that as well when we put this up tonight. That works. Uh, yeah. But uh, let me see. Yeah. So I got really drunk last night. I, I drove back from Flagstaff uh, to after like picking up a roommate. And I uh, was like, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I'm out of it. I'm going to go pick Wait. up a six pack. Hold on. You were driving drunk? Do I have to talk some shit? <laughs> I mean, you're going to talk shit regardless. But no, no, Matthew. Uh, I did not drive drunk. Okay, good. Uh, they, also, thank you for having hat. like, thank you for having faith in me as a decent human being. Well, I really hey, appreciate that. Everybody makes bad decisions drunk. That's just 
that's just life <laughs> yeah but i feel like my bad decisions are like oh man i bet i can run right now like that's the extent of my <laughs> bad decisions i remember like, really that you got really drunk on uh spiced rum run once and you just ran around the block like four or five times uh yeah i passed out of my front yard good times <laughs> uh but like last night i so i drank i, I had like a few of these like these beers and i was like oh man this is really good before i knew it like i i uh, i drank the majority I, I drank the entire six pack uh Jesus. which plays into the fact that i punched the wall of boxing last night okay well that's uh, just after, vr <laughs> and then after that i was like ah oh, i can get even more drunk whatever it's a saturday night so i had a bottle of wine and then uh i woke up with like literally the worst hangover i've ever had i'm sorry your last thought was, I'm going to drink this entire bottle of wine, and then you woke up? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> uh, if anybody follows my Instagram, oh, uh, the last call with underscores and everything in between the words, um, I had left a very messy, like, four-minute, like, conversation <laughs> oh, on no. there. Oh, yes, Matt. Oh, oh, yes. Fantastic. It was beautiful. Uh, but yeah, so this week we're talking all about the uh, the console war. We, we did our first part on the console war a few weeks ago now, and uh, this week we're jumping into the console war between Sony and Microsoft. Yeah, we sure are. Um, so I think, do you want to go first since uh, Sony started out in gaming before Microsoft, or do you want me to start yeah, with PC? Yeah, definitely. So um, it's... It's interesting because you're going to see like later in the story, um, as opposed to the very aggressive uh, face-to-face stuff uh, that Sega and um, Nintendo polls like back in the late '80s, early '90s with the original console war. Uh, this one between Sony and uh, um, Microsoft with their Xbox, uh, it was very tame compared to that. Uh, the majority of the fighting actually happened amongst the fans as opposed to the major companies. Um, just fun, interesting tidbit. But yeah, no, we can definitely start talking about Sony. Uh, Sony has a bit more of uh, company history. All right. 1946. Jumping back a ways away, right? World War II had just ended. And to- the world like the world of Tokyo, the country of Tokyo, I should say. The world uh, of Tokyo? The the world I should well, I think what I was trying to say was the world of the people of Tokyo isn't entirely shifted. Um, the uh, just, just every everything is changing. So nineteen forty six, uh, two engineers start working together. Right. So you have uh, Masaru uh, Ibuka and Aikyo Morita, two engineers who established a company called the Tokyo Sushin Kogyo KK, which. In English, is the Tokyo Telecommunications Engineering Corporation. Um, they began to work together and establish a team of about 20 engineers uh, with a very, very low budget uh, to start up this company. Uh, they worked primarily uh, during World War II uh, as well. Um, let me let me restart this. I apologize. This got up to a very rocky start. Okay, hold on. Uh, three, two, one... And we're going to call that uh, the cut point. You can just use my audio. Uh, that is, I don't know what the timing is. I have Streamlabs up instead of. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. Okay, my apologies. And go. <laughs> so, 1946. These two Japanese uh, inventors and um, engineers meet and develop this company 
called the Tokyo Sushin Kogyo KK, which in English is the Tokyo Telecommunications Engineering Corporation. These two men are Masaru Ibuka and Aiko Morita, right? So these okay, two guys, hold before on. they made... Yes. I'm sorry to stop you, but your pronunciation <laughs> of Japanese names is immaculate. <laughs> this is just because, like, before the episode, I was just like, oh my god. Masaru Ibuka, Masaru Ibuka, Masaru Ibuka. I can't fuck this up again. Google Translate, how do I pronounce this shit? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm like still fucking it up as well, so I, I apologize. I mean, for a white American other... boy, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's all in the confidence. But okay, so these two men, Ibuka and Morita, they uh, founded this company in 1946, but they knew each other actually during World War II. Uh, they worked... So Ibuka... Uh, worked with a company called Precision Instruments Company, which supplied electronic instruments to the Imperial Army during the war. And Morita was an applied scientist instructor. Uh, the two of them actually met uh, while designing heat-seeking missiles for the Imperial Japanese Army. Um, and interestingly enough, they actually continued to work together for the next 40 years of their lives, which is very uncommon in the world of business. It's, it's very rare that you find another business partner that you stick with for that long. Are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> uh you know i didn't see anything but the wording of this article i read on on these two men and the introduction um of their their, their company and everything uh it, it it had some mild tones of uh homosexuality but also i don't want to make any assumptions it, it, you know it's just, it's just the queer in me that wants you know the, the two people who founded sony to, okay to, uh, let's just be, actually be dating each other let's just be anime stands right now all male characters are gay. <laughs> I, you know what? Even better. I say uh, we just create our own uh, slash fiction. Of, oh, okay. Like, video game businessmen from now on. Okay, so everybody is zero two from Darling in the Franks, uh, <laughs> and they're all gay. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, and I feel nervous. But okay, cool. So <laughs> anime, we we so shit. <laughs> so for some reason, after World War II, there's a huge supply of rice. It, it, to the best of my understanding, it was probably because of the, you know, they're, they're outputting a ton of rice for the war effort as, like, food and rations and whatnot. Okay. And then the war ended, and they just had extra rice, so it worked its way back into the public market. So these two men, uh, their first product that they designed with their team of, like, 20 people was actually a, an electric rice cooker to help with this situation. Hold, hold uh, up. They invented the rice cooker? No, they invented a rice cooker and like oh, okay. one electric rice cooker. They didn't invent the electric rice cooker, okay. but they made. I was gonna say that made, would be cool as shit. <laughs> they they were like one. They made like one of the earlier forms of it for sure. Gotcha. Uh, but essentially, essentially, it was like a wooden bucket with a heating coil like inside of it. <laughs> Damn, that's how um, I make breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. I've seen your house. It's it terrifies me. Yeah, it's a wooden uh, shack in the middle of the desert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that that's just the decoy. We don't even we won't even get into like the actual one. Ignore the uh, room actually, behind me. <laughs> Uh, but actually, it sold really poorly due to the bucket, the rice bucket, which is all I'm going to refer to it at from rice now on, um, consistently under or overcooking the rice. Like, no matter what happened, it would always <laughs> under or overcook it. I um, thought you were going to say it was going to catch on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the two, like, the, the, the team, their company, still had a lot of success because as, like, a side business, away from their, like, inventions and their new developments, they also re repaired uh, tech for radio and other devices. So they were the guys, if you have, like, a fucked up radio um, or if you have, like, anything that has to do with, like, electronics, you would send it to them. 
And they started to get this reputation in their hometown because of this. Uh, they actually created the first Japanese tape recorder, uh, which, like, there had been other ones around the country. But, like, in Japan, they were the first ones to, like, make an original tape recorder. Uh, and actually, because of this, um, they were able to actually benefit the entire company or country of Japan. Uh, because in America, tape recorders were mainly used for, like, military and entertainment. Um, and Japan... Once this invention got brought to light, they uh, the country started to use it for a whole ton of different things. They use it for military and entertainment as well, but they also found it, or it also found its way working into classrooms. So it became became a very useful tool for teachers uh, to teach students on different materials. So we use that in America, right? I think we still use that. Yeah, so this is like one of those like old like tape recorders that like looks like a basically like a suitcase, and you like pop yeah. the top, and there's like the two like spindles on there. Yeah, we uh, in I know this is gonna, getting a little too personal, but in uh, seventh and eighth grade, I had this science teacher. Uh, <laughs> it, by the way, this is in Arizona where we have one of the lowest budgets for education ever. Um, it's actually really impressive because we're we're number like we're, we're occasionally number fifty in education, and we're currently number one in COVID right now. Yep, so, it, which is about right. But uh, uh, so I so had this uh, had this guy, this uh, awesome science teacher who had one of these, and all of the scientific stuff he would show in terms of movies and documentaries uh-huh. would be on like these seventies reels, and it was super fucking cool. Except mm-hmm. every single thing he showed us was wrong, and he had to explain everything that was wrong because <laughs> in the seventies we didn't know what we know today. Um, oh, okay. So he, he showed this. It, this thing on uh, geology that said the earth was hollow <laughs> so right. that was funny <laughs> oh man god science moves fast yeah it uh, does. speaking of speaking of moving fast right we're gonna actually jump from that time period all the way to 1957 so nine 11 years later damn uh so the uh company uh goes ahead and creates their first transistor radio the sony tr63 um, oh my god, actually, my grandpa has one of those. Or had does he really? Those. Yeah, he, I think he got rid of it a long time ago. Um, but yeah, he had one in his garage. <laughs> yeah, so like, so real fast, the Sony TR-63, fun business fact uh, about that is the uh, their company uh, actually licensed the transistors used inside of that uh, radio from Bell Laboratories, which was a part of American Telephone and Telegraph, which you might know today as AT&T holy shit <laughs> yeah that's the cool thing about like doing these deep dives into like businesses and like yeah. business transactions is, is like you're like oh shit like tonka did advertising for sega back in the day and things like that holy yeah no that that yeah. blew my mind the last uh main podcast we did yeah that back was... in uh console wars episode one. Oh my god if you guys haven't listened to that yet go do it i really recommend it because we learned some shit like nintendo yeah. is fucking gangster and uh, Sega's basically just a punk kid. <laughs> Dude, we're actually going to learn a little bit more about how Nintendo's gangster and like really ruthless in just a few minutes. Oh my god, but, I'm so excited. But let's, let's keep on going with some Sony history. So uh, the uh, pocket radios were actually the product that like really launched their company into like the international like viewpoint. And that's yeah. the thing about Sony is like back in the day... Like, they knew right away, like, we don't want to just be a Japanese com- uh, company. Uh, we want to be an international company. And that, like, ideal shaped, like, how they did business from that point on, from day one. 
um, which, to, my, to the best of my understandings, and I apologize if this is wrong, but the best of my understandings, at that time, Japan was very isolationist. And yeah. so a lot of business was very, you know, Japan focused. So them saying, hey, we want to go full international with this was groundbreaking on different levels. Um, so, okay. They create the TR-63 and 57. In uh, 58, they officially changed their name to Sony, which is named after the Latin word of sound, which is sonus. Uh, oh again, keeping my with... God. What? Yeah. That yeah. is incredible. Which is my theory on why all of their PlayStations like have that cool like sound in the very beginning of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's very they're they're uh, especially the PlayStation Two, which is just very like you know. I I never had a PlayStation Two, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, oh. I just like your sounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, so, nineteen sixty rolls around and. Uh, their business in America with their radios and everything had prompted the creation of Sony Corporation of America with a headquarters in New York City. Uh, fun history fact for you. When the company opened their store on Fifth Avenue in 1962, they unfurled the first Japanese flag to be flown in the United States since the beginning of World War II. 10 out of 10. Breaking yes. barriers. I love uh, it. From the... From there, they had like a catalog of new electronic devices that they produced, including the uh, first all transistor calculator in 1964, which is the MD5, the Trinitone color TV in uh, 1968, and, you know, other devices with uh, varying degrees of success. But in 1979, and your parents, listeners, probably remember when this shit happened. Mine probably Sony did. released, your grandfather definitely did, Sony released the Walkman player. Oh, Which shit, so, I had a Walkman. <laughs> yeah, like, some people of our generation still have those. Like, either it's hand-me-downs, or we found them at thrift stores, or whatever. Yeah. But, like, the Walkman uh, was actually rejected to be a huge failure because it only uh, played things out. It didn't record anything. Uh, however, the uh, it was a hit. It sold millions of units and, like, launched Sony even further into the viewpoint of not only, you know, the Japanese and the American market, but the world market over yeah, it was how I listened to ACDC for the first 10 years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have, like, one of those, like, cassettes, like, way back in the day that have, like, five songs on it or something? Yeah, uh, so I had a cassette one, and then I had an A-track one, so that oh was god. that was fun. A-track, <laughs> really? Oh my god. Yeah, A-track, I still have my A-tracks somewhere. Uh, I don't Dude, know where, I... they're in a box somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> my first car had a cassette player uh, built into it, and I remember I had, like, this old mixtape my dad made me of like Dr. Demento songs. So it was Dr. like the Animaniacs. Demento. Yeah. Dr. Demento was like an old DJ back in the day who would play like goof songs. It's how weird owl got his like start. Gotcha. That's and pretty so, cool. Like, yeah. So I remember like driving down the road, like listening to, to Yakko do the whole song where he goes through all the countries and the world yeah. and everything. Yeah. Oh my God. Have you seen the, uh, I know we're getting off track, but have you seen the edit <laughs> with him, uh, like getting to America and then it's just, uh, this is America by, uh, Charlie Cambino. <laughs> no. Oh, but I love that. It's, it's so fucking funny, dude. Okay. Uh, Matt, do you mind if I keep going and kind of jump into the, pl the development of the PlayStation so we kind of stick with like everything chronologically? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Uh, so the PlayStation, right? Iconic video game console. It's been around forever. I remember 
you know, getting my first PlayStation 2 and then a PlayStation 3 later on and just spending hours in front of this thing playing incredible games. But the PlayStation that impacted my life and yours probably as well in some way, shape or form, dear listeners, would not have been possible without Sony engineer and eventual CEO Ken Kutaragi. So as the story goes, Ken Kutaragi uh, from a very, very young age loved Sony he was uh, working for his father's factory as, as a young kid, and he uh, knew like right off the bat, like, hey, I want to work for Sony. Like in his spare time, he would like read through magazines that would like talk about the amazing like inventions that like Sony was putting out on the market. And unfortunately, when he got older and graduated from high school, he resigned himself to his father's factory at work. He was like, you know what? I'm going to help my father with the business. It sucks. I can't be an engineer for Sony, but I'm doing this for my family. And his father came up to him and said, son, this isn't your life. This isn't a choice that you f- you have to make. You can do what you want. Don't feel obligated to stay here. And so with the full support from his father, he went and studied engineering and eventually applied for a job with Sony in Japan. Uh, now, when he went to go work with Sony, uh, he was kind of known as like a radical <laughs> in the company, Matt. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So uh, the other workers thought his ideas were like really radical and weird. I think he mentioned something about like uh, the CD drive, like CD-ROM, like being the next big thing. And like his like supervisor being like, you need to shut the fuck up. Like, don't let anyone else here hear you say that shit about the CD-ROM. He's like, what the fuck? Like, it's it's obviously going to be the next big thing. And so it got to a point where like his, his supervisors got so upset with him. They were planning on putting him into the cassette division. Okay. Which which would have been hell for him because I'm he sorry. wanted What's wrong with cassettes? <laughs> well, besides the fact that they're just like dumb rectangles that can only store like, I don't know, an hour and a half on them. Uh sounds like a USB. <laughs> Flash drive. <laughs> yes, but bigger and dumber. <laughs> Me too. They're big they're big and stinky and the tape gets mixed up sometimes. I feel like you're just talking about me at this point. <laughs> Yes, Matt, we all know of your infamous tape incidences. Oh my god, I've taped myself to just about everything. <laughs> See, that was just meant to be a bit, but now I'm actually curious. Like, what's your worst tape incident? Uh, okay, so the, the worst one... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is real. So, Gorilla Tape, you ever use that? Only when I, like, really... Only when, like, regular duct tape has failed me. So, back in Boy Scouts, we were fixing up a wall that got kind of blown off. Uh, it was like one of those metal, like, uh, I guess outhouses. Um, no, my troop, uh, made like these flushable toilets, the only ones in the camp for a long time, uh, which was really fucking cool actually. Uh, cause we got all the fancy shit cause we just decided we were going to do it. Um, and, uh, so we, we built these things and then it just kind of started to follow, fall apart after a couple of years. Uh, fell apart in a storm, so I had to just put it up ragtag because we couldn't get any tools to actually put it back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I took some gorilla tape from the camp truck and uh, started to like tape it together. I got one side down, but it was like flapping open like a door. Whatever, so moved on to the next side and uh, accidentally got my tape under or my hand underneath the tape while I was taping down on the uh, on the pillar, which. I don't know if you've How? ever had gorilla tape on your hand, but uh, I have. Yes. That shit never comes off. 
Like, you need surgery. <laughs> and especially for, like, a dude like you who has, like, literal, like, eight-arm hair. Yeah, okay, for, for the viewers and for the listeners who can't see my arms, I have uh, the hairiest arms anybody's ever seen. Um, and that goes all the way down to my hands. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, if you... Here's a good way to help you visualize it. Just imagine, like, a shag carpet. That's me. Yeah, just, just a shag carpet. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, like a fucking Wookiee. Like, from Star yeah, Wars. Very, very much Cousin It from the Adams Family. Yeah, so that, uh-huh. that shit was the worst because I had to peel Gorilla Tape off of arm hair, but... Yeah. <laughs> wow. That sounds like a pretty sticky situation, and... I hate I have you. An, I, I have another <laughs> sticky situation that we can jump back into with Kudaragi's experience in Sony. Perfect. Go for it. Oh, God. I'm on a fucking roll tonight. Yeah, you sure so, are. <laughs> so, so Kudaragi's about ready to get sent over to this cassette department. And he's like, no, this isn't like what I'm supposed to be doing. So he goes to the CEO of the company, uh, uh, Nori Orega. Uh, sorry, Nori Oga. Um, and like pleads with him, begs with him, like, please send me somewhere else like i i i I'm, i feel like my potential is being wasted here and uh oga like listens to him he puts him in i believe it was the cd rom like development department which he didn't even know was a thing um and from there he started making you know innovations with cd drives which you know at the time uh in the like early 80s were just not popular they weren't really used yet um and so while working in that department, he got the idea for a CD-ROM-based video game console because he realized that oh, cartridge consoles that like were all, what's going on in the market at the time, uh, cartridges can only hold so much information. And as well with that, cartridges are also much more expensive um, mm-hmm. and the quality of information that they can hold on them isn't as high as what you can produce with a CD. And so um, he came up with a plan to start working Sony into the video game market. So behind his superior's backs, he made a secret deal through his department with Nintendo to produce the sound chip for their super uh, Nintendo entertainment system. Hold on. I knew they worked with Nintendo, but I didn't realize they did the sound chip for the SNES. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking incredible. That explains why the 16-bit sound was so fucking crisp. Yeah, exactly. That was actually so. It was the sound from the NES that uh, he heard from his daughter playing it at home. That made him realize, like, wow, Nintendo's music and sounds sound like shit. <laughs> like we can yeah. very obviously approach them and be like, hey, let's <laughs> let's do something about this. Yeah, um, pretty much. <laughs> and so he made the, he made this deal behind the back of his superiors and he, you know, during a meeting, he eventually had to come forth and say like, hey, so I did this thing. <laughs> you promise you won't be mad, but, <laughs> but I we're made, doing video uh, games now. <laughs> yeah, I made a very serious deal with Nintendo uh, to <laughs> make these chips with them and everyone at the table wanted him fired. They're like, how dare you go behind your backs? What the fuck is wrong with you? And they're about ready to give him the axe when again, Oga steps in. And says, no, this is good. This is going to like allow us the opportunity to foster a relationship with Nintendo. Let's see where this leads us. So they, they, put, they produce the chips, which are leagues above what Nintendo could produce at the time. Definitely. Um, and so one deal leads to another. And this relationship with Nintendo grows. And uh, they strike up another deal, this time officially through the company, uh, 
with Nintendo to create a CD-ROM like version of the NES or the SNES called the Nintendo PlayStation. Okay, hold uh, on. We're going to stop right there. Uh, I'm sure everybody listening who actually plays video games has their jaw on the floor right now. Uh, yes. Yeah. This Pick them is, back up. Yeah. Reach, stand up, reach down, touch your toes, grab your jaw, pull it back up. Yeah, we're going to give you a second to uh, to really let that sink in. Um, we also, because we did the console wars between uh, Nintendo and Sega last time, uh, I want to reiterate the Sega CD section. Um, so the Sega CD was in response to hearing about the Nintendo PlayStation. Uh, the Sega CD was never really meant to be a thing uh, until they heard about this plan. Um, and then mm-hmm. it just kind of fucking failed because it's Sega. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> no, no, no. Very, very well brought up. Um, So, unfortunately... Uh, Hiroshi Yamauchi, I believe, who was the CEO of uh, Nintendo at the time, um, he was skeptical. Now, Hiroshi Yamauchi was not a self-made man, uh, but essentially he was a self-made man in in his family's business. He was born into the Nintendo business. Uh, It was kind of like a playboy for most of his life. And then when it came to his turn to run the company, as opposed to backing down and using it as like a paycheck, uh, he totally changed shit up. Like he fired his cousin who was next in line, uh, totally shifted the cultural, <laughs> like the culture of the company and whatnot to a more creative and productive uh, environment as opposed to one where where people you know, are like mindless drones. And he became an incredibly ruthless businessman. That's going to be a really awkward family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his cousin's like, Hiroshi, like, what the fuck? And he's like, dude, Bob, like, calm the fuck down. Take like, a beer I, and just chill out, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw you eyeballing the official N- Nintendo throne. Like, <laughs> I saw, I, look, I saw what you're doing with those drawings of Mario and the other room, uh, and it was making the entire company uncomfortable. I had to do something. And while it made me right. hard, everybody else was uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. Uh, love these bits. Uh, <laughs> So Yamauchi, essentially, um, Yamauchi and other leaders, right, uh, of the Nintendo company, uh, they begin to realize, like, oh, shit, this might be an opportunity for Sony to muscle in to our console market that we have, like, a monopoly on at this point. Because Nintendo had a stranglehold over everything at this point. Uh, They had a ton of game developers that were, like, only licensed to be with them. Uh, They were, like, outputting the most games. They They had the best shit at the time. And now, you know, young Sony's stepping up to the table, and they're like, shit. We got to do something to fuck them over. And so a few days before they announce the uh, Nintendo PlayStation at the Consumers Electronic Show in Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, this is 1991, um, Kuragi gets a memo from an out-of-breath employee who's like literally running at him as uh, Kuragi is getting on the train to meet with the Nintendo executives. Well, that's terrifying. Uh, the, mem- the memo says that there's a rumor going around that Nintendo was going to back out on the deal. Oh, shit. So, yeah. Oh, shit, indeed. They've been working on this for years, right? Yeah. And and so they, like, you know, Kudaragi's on the train. He's reading this over. He's filled with anxiety. He gets to Nintendo. As opposed to going to the main, like, meeting room, they send him into, like, a weird, like, side meeting room. And just the entire interaction with Yamauchi and everybody else 
was super tense. There's like just this awkward tension in the air. And when Kudragi, after, you know, going over the logistics of the show and everything, yeah. talked to the executives and said like, hey, there's this rumor going around. Is this true? Is this something we need to like discuss? Oh, Nintendo, they, they said, no, that's, I don't know where you got that. That's a lie. We're going to uphold our part of the bargain. Of course. We're Nintendo. Sounds like Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two days later, right? They back uh, out. On, uh, in the worst way possible. So <laughs> May 28th, 1991, again, the Consumer Electronics Show in Chicago. Uh, Sony gets up on the stage and they announce, we're working with Nintendo to create a Super NES with a CD drive. It's going to make all those lovable like Mario games and whatnot, all those Nintendo games you grew up with, even better. Then, right after the applause dies down, I think it was like a day later, Nintendo gets up on the stage mm-hmm. and they announce that they would be creating a version of the Super NES with a CD drive uh, and they are super happy to partner with the company Philips. Oh shit, and that's where the Philips CDI came in. That is where Philips CDI came in. So for Matt, do you want to explain Philips uh, CDI? Oh so my god, I would love to because I played these games as a kid. Okay, so the Philips, oh my god, did you? I, I sure did. I, it was I the am worst. so sorry for you. So my cousin had one of these. Uh, he wasn't really allowed to play video games uh, often, so they just picked up a Philips CDI for him at some like Bookmans or some shit. Uh, so they th- this system was never meant to play video games. Uh, it, it, for everybody at home, just Google Philips CDI and look at the controller. Definitely not meant for video games. Um, what they did was they licensed, I think, two or three Zelda games um, on the CDI. Now, this wasn't your usual Zelda game. It doesn't look like uh, like anything from the Super Nintendo right. or NES era, and it's definitely not a 3D Zelda game. It looks like uh, like a really bad like 2D platformer um, mm-hmm. that moves at a snail's pace uh probably everything is about two frames a second uh for those of you who are gamers now you are obviously you know used to 60 frames per second um imagine everything moving at two frames that's Mm -hmm. not good um so two frames a second worst uh voice acting i've ever heard yeah this is the first voice acting in a zelda game by the way Mm-hmm. Um, it's terrible it's horrible it's awful so if you've ever seen the uh legend of zelda um nin- like animation like excuse me princess like that kind of shit it's exactly that i think they have a lot of the same voice actors uh, i think mm-hmm. link is different um but everybody else is about the same and it, it's, it's this it's, it's definitely the same vibe yeah for sure it's so, so the two bad. The two Zelda games, if you want to look them up, are uh, Zelda The Wand of Gamelon and Link The Faces of Evil. Mm-hmm. Um, Faces of Evil so was my game. <laughs> check them out at your own risk. Don't. <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to shout out some YouTubers I really fucking love who played this. Uh, if mm-hmm. you want to see gameplay, because Lord knows you don't want to play this, um, of either of these games, look up The Game Grumps on YouTube. Uh, Dan Avidan and Aaron Hansen go through and play this. You might know them as Danny Sexbang and uh, Ego Raptor. Ego Raptor, yeah. They are really fucking funny. They're good at what they do. Um, and yeah. they fucking rip these games apart, and it's hilarious. Anyway. Yeah, no. De- very happy we finally got to that Game Grump shout-out. <laughs> it was bound to happen Hell one yeah. day. 
Yeah, that was, like, one of the reasons why Matt and I started talking in the first place, I think, is because of our love of, like, Let's Plays, like Markiplier and those guys. Oh, so, hell yeah. Uh, so many great memories. Uh, okay, so they announced that, that so Nintendo announces they're working with somebody else. Which Sony is, is the worst so- breakup in history. <laughs> Sony is fucking floored, right? Like, in Japanese business, and just, like, in business in general, you don't do this shit if you want to, like, run an honorable and, like, reputable company. So... No. Right. So, so CEO Oga is again floored. He's he's angry. He's mad at first, and then when Kudaragi talks to him and says, "Hey, we need to get back at them," Oga finally pushes to the committee that Sony needs to finish the PlayStation on their own, and he creates a new Sony department called Sony Computer Entertainment Division, uh, oh, which shit. is then led by Kudaragi. Shit's moving along. Yeah, oddly enough, like, this is kind of the story of how, like, Kudaragi, like, used, kind of manipulated, like, Sony and Nintendo into producing this product that he had been dreaming about for years. Yeah. Which I'm not saying is a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing. <laughs> it's, it's it's wild. If you all want, like, a much more in-depth version into the creation of the PlayStation, check out the podcast uh, Business Wars. When And just, I think it's, like, Business Wars, Sony versus Nintendo. It's amazing. They do a great deep dive into it. Much more than we're going to do today because of, you know, time limits and everything. Um, but essentially the, the main draw with the PlayStation one was that it was made with the idea then the vision of 3D graphics and CD-ROMs. So because of the carrying capacity of CDs, not only could they have like high res, uh, well, high res at the time, like 3D models for their games, uh, they could also include, you know, assets that were much more like high definition. Uh, they could do things in 3D for the first time. They could have actual bands and musicians like record music for their games. And so they were essentially stepping outside the realm of like 16 and 32 bit like video games into this whole new spectrum of what, you know, video games look like today uh, without PlayStation like pushing these like charges and like changes. We like video games would be entirely different. Um, And so um, interestingly enough, uh, Sony also went head-to-head with Sega during this time. So if you remember in our first Console Wars episode, we talked about how the Sega, Sega Saturn got destroyed in the market by the first PlayStation. Yeah. Um, let's get into the reason why real fast. And then, okay. uh, Matt, I'll turn it over to you. Sounds good. All right. So Sony was working on the PlayStation, and like we're just kind of getting around the circles that they were getting ready to, like, unveil something really fucking cool i think they had, they had like a press conference where they invited a bunch of game developers over and uh they showed off like just the carrying capacity of the playstation which like at the time was like a giant tower um it was it was more like like a development model just to show off like what they were doing and get like game developers on board so they could actually make money uh because interestingly enough video game companies don't make any money on consoles they lose money on consoles actually um, in the video game like world, like especially in the business side of things, it's called the Razor and Blade um, theory. I think Matt, have you heard of this? I know of Razor the company and Blade their laptop. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Of course they have a laptop called Blade. Yeah, we uh, sure do. The Razor Blade. That's that's hilarious. Uh, so essentially, what the idea is is that you know you don't make money on the Razor handles; you make money on the blades. So you create the necessity 
with one product and then you sell back the answer holy so shit. if you if you sell it a console you're gonna lose money on the console but you're gonna make money back on the video games that explains why nintendo makes all of their own games or most of their own games <laughs> yeah that's the only way they're making money um because they, they take a huge like loss whenever it comes to like selling uh consoles um but um oh my goodness i forgot where i was going with this so uh <laughs> They, they were showing off this whole thing. Sega got got you know heard of this, and um, I, I heard like two different accounts. So one account said that Sega said like, "Wow, look at these like up and comers! Like fuck them, we're, we're going to produce our own thing." And they like sort of like put more energy and money into making the Sega Saturn like really compete with Sony's PlayStation. Um, the another story that I read was that Sega actually went, or sorry, Sony actually went to Sega and like wanted to do the same thing with them, where they're like, "Hey, let us like." produce like let us collaborate and like work on this um like cd-rom cartridge combo thing and say Sega, uh, Sega was like sure okay but right. as time went on like sony was like oh actually no we don't like this anymore because they were like apparently like Sega was like headhunting a few of their like employees and whatnot that sounds so, about right <laughs> yeah and so sony was like fuck this so the two of them release um their consoles the sega saturn and the sony playstation around like the same i think it was like the same week um in like the early like 90s mid 90s um i want to say it was like 93 or something like that um and essentially what uh, sony did in the japan market is they started off um and they, they realized like right out the gate that like it was costing sega a shit ton of money to make the sega saturn because if you remember in our first episode uh the sega saturn had like dual processors which is really really hard to code for but it also like increased the speed um and increased the costs unfortunately they're really just trying to keep up with sony at the time so what sony started to do is like every week they would just cut their price a little bit just just you know ten dollars here five dollars here um and so sega would have to do the exact same thing to keep up with it to make sure you know they weren't losing a ton of customers Uh, but like every time that would happen, think of it as like death by a thousand ri- like paper cuts. So every time that would happen, Ooh. they would their 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 market would get weaker and weaker, and they would be making back less and less money. That sounds like a Naruto move. Ha <laughs> 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 uh-huh, ha, Sony! I see you show up here with your paper cut jitsu. <laughs> what are you gonna do with that? Ruin your entire fucking world, and then you know. They lost a shit ton of money. So then it, time, <laughs> then it comes time for them to release the, the, the Sega Saturn and the, um, uh, oh my goodness, the PlayStation, of course, uh, in America. And they announced it at first, 1995, at the first E3. Oh, so, no. so Tom Kalinske, who was uh, Sega my of America's boy. president at the time, your boy, he gets up there and he starts, you know, really ramping up the crowd like tom clancy is a very charismatic man he starts really ramping up the crowd gets him into a frenzy for like the sega saturn he's going through like the the, the, the game library and it's like power as like a pro like it's processing power and like all these things you know he's like oh yeah play this game and it'll do this thing over here it'll you know, fuck your wife if you want it to like <laughs> that's how great the sega saturn is woo and then you know at the very end he drops he's like it's 399 dollars and on top of that, we're going to be releasing our consoles not in September, as we previously mentioned, but right now. You can go into stores right now. The issue with that is that he didn't 
the company like didn't really consult any of their like partners when they talked when they decided to make that like change so all the retailers weren't prepared for it and neither was their marketing team no shit so got him into like a shit ton of trouble with that Kalinsky even said like he didn't want to say that on stage like he thought it was a bad idea but they had to compete with sony's like uh like console drop yeah Um, because if you if you do it too late then people spend their money on the new thing um and so then um it comes turn for time for sony to come up on stage and uh sony electronic publishing uh president olaf olafsson who's a very very tall scandinavian man comes up on stage and just starts you know very monotone voice well here we are i'm really happy to be sharing this all with you uh, welcome to the sony press conference we're going to be talking about our brand new console the playstation and he kind of starts like leading to like a long boring talk about specs and everything really getting the audience yeah. like bored okay ho- hold on can we talk about early e3 for a second there yeah okay so e3 as we know it now didn't exist back then um so what oh, yeah e3 was was a literal press conference so if you ever watch CNET and look at the uh, presidential press conferences, it's like that, but less interesting because <laughs> it's yeah. not people just being like, oh, I don't I don't know how to answer that. Uh, f- fuck you. You're from CNN. Yeah, no, it, it's none of that shit. It's just like, yeah, it's got uh, two gigabytes of RAM. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's literally just this boring business press conference that wasn't even aired on tv or on the internet it, yeah just, people could look up clips of it on the internet on early it internet a, but it was it was quite literally just a business like expo it was so, so like, bad <laughs> yeah uh as opposed to now where you have like andrew wk coming out to like re- like hype up some new like bethesda shit like he did a few yeah. years ago or, or, or like, a dude with a wooden pipe uh, oh, dude. <laughs> fucking fluting Beautiful. to a yeah. fucking For, uh, samurai game. What was that? Yeah, Ni- Ghost, Ghost, of, uh, Ghost of uh Tsushima, which ah, just came out yeah. a few days ago, actually. Yeah. I'm actually kind of excited to see where that goes. I don't know if it's out on PC, actually. I think it's just PlayStation, but... I think it's just on PlayStation, but apparently it's pretty pretty gorgeous. Apparently it's pretty amazing. We can talk about that later, though. Yeah. We can talk about like later, Sony. So... Again, Olaf Olafsson, uh, we're going to be talking about the, the Sony PlayStation and yada yada, here's the specs. And then he he stops for a second, looks out of the crowd, and kind of gets like a, gives him like a wink. And he says, it's come to my attention that uh, Steve Race wants to come up and say a few words. And now Steve Race was the man who led the PlayStation division in America. He was kind of like the rock star of the company. And he walks up and he, you know, he gets to the stage, he gets his papers in order. There's a video of this. I highly suggest you look it up. And he, like, lowers his glasses and, like, looks directly over at the Sega team that's sitting in the audience. And he just says, two ninety nine, And he walks off the stage. <laughs> I've seen entire, this clip. <laughs> yeah. As the entire crowd goes, in, in, like, insane. Like, they're oh all, like, God. people are, like, standing up and clapping. <laughs> and then it goes dark. Yeah, and then it goes immediately back to Olaf Olafsson, who's like, okay, now let's go ahead and talk about the processing power of, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, but uh, it totally fucked over Sega, because they were like, oh, we're going to have some time to, before, you know, Sony starts to, like, throw down with their price war again. No, they dropped $100 on the first day. <laughs> it's so fucked up. I love mm-hmm. it. Uh, but yeah, so that, that that's really the, the development of the first PlayStation uh the playstation 2 and 3 and so on the from what i could find the, it's just back to basic uh like development and everything um but matt would you like to start talking about microsoft and the xbox yeah so uh xbox is a lot 
less dramatic, I guess, um, in terms of their birth and how they just kind of became a thing. Uh, so in 1995, there is no date for this. I have not been able to find a date for this. 1995, DirectX, uh, all of my PC gamers out there just went like, what? It's that old? Uh, yeah, DirectX just dropped. Like, they, Microsoft was just like, hey, we have this thing now uh, that does 3D images. Um, so DirectX is a technology that drives okay. multimedia and 3D graphics. Um, so that is where we got 3D graphics on the PC. So Doom and wow. Wolfenstein run on DirectX. Um, oh wow okay yeah and that was microsoft and that was microsoft microsoft just drops this out of the blue in 1995 they they i don't think they even announced they were working on it they were just like bitch we did this you can now play <laughs> video games that aren't text-based on your pc fight me and it looks wow. better than nintendo what that's the incredible fuck? I, I i always thought that microsoft was like a different company but like it seems like they were, like, very video game focused from the very beginning. Yeah, so Bill Gates is a giant fucking nerd. <laughs> like, if you couldn't tell, uh, he's very much Dungeons and Dragons, let's make a video game. <laughs> like, uh, so they, they dropped DirectX, um, and then it, only six years later, in 2001, the Xbox is dropped. So the Xbox is this awkward, clunky-looking thing that has a giant green X on the top. Oh, uh, I used to have one as a kid, man. It was, yeah. it was beautiful. It, that that opening would scare the shit out of me oh every God, single same. time. Where it had like the green beating heart instead of like a vat or whatever. I can't yeah. even tell what it was. I, I don't even know either. Even like looking at this image, I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> um, now. They dropped also a new controller that nobody had ever seen before. Now, Sony had already come out with the joystick-type controller, and so had Nintendo. So Nintendo had that awkward Nintendo 64 bullshit uh, with the little tiny fucking toothpick in the middle of three prongs. Uh, oh, God. Then Sony came out with the first modern game controller, uh, which also honestly wasn't great uh it was basically a super nintendo controller with arms or like <laughs> shoulders um that you could hold on to and it was a little bit more comfortable but I yeah mean, it sucked and then the ps2 comes out with joysticks i think mm -hmm. i don't know if the ps1 ever had joysticks i don't think it did they not did. Yeah. No, it had a it had a D pad on one side and buttons on the other side. Yeah, so the DualShock comes out. Uh, they call it DualShock because it has two joysticks. Uh, you know, got really fucking <laughs> like creative mm. with that one. And then Xbox <laughs> drops, and they have one joystick down on the right hand side and one up on the left hand side, which is completely new. So they also have the D pad, and they have the uh, A B Y X you know, configuration, mm -hmm. um, which is about the same as Nintendo's, just, you know, some things are switched, and uh, Sony did not have that, they have the XO square triangle, um, right, because like, they just like have the... to be different, <laughs> but, yeah, but this, but this is like the, like, video game, like, controller standard at this point, like, once they drop yeah. that, everyone's like, oh, we're doing this now, exactly, and so Xbox, now, I know a lot of people are going to get mad at me for this statement, but it is true, the majority of people, when the Xbox controller came out, swore by it and said it was much more comfortable to use than the PlayStation controller ever was. 
Uh, and a lot mm-hmm. more people say that today, which is why PC gamers, when they have to use uh, controllers or game pads, they use that Xbox style configuration. Uh, Nintendo even adopted the Xbox style configuration uh, for mm-hmm. all of their pro controllers, which I mm-hmm. think is awesome. Uh, Microsoft really nailed it with this controller. It's super comfortable to use, feels premium, incredible. I am very much a nerd for game controllers, so I went on way too long about this, but we'll move on now. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm enthralled. I'm totally into it. Yeah. It's... I could, yeah, I could talk more about the Sony uh, controller if you want to, but that's maybe, <laughs> maybe that, that would be like an extra uh, for like another podcast. Sure, we can talk episode. game controllers later if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I can go on about keyboard switches. I know nobody <laughs> wants to listen to that, but that is one of my favorite things ever. Um, oh, wow, look at that. People are retracting their views from our podcast, huh? Who would have thought? Yeah, I didn't well, know that was an option. Hold on. We have five viewers on stream right now, so we're going to talk more about keyboard switches. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll, we'll talk more about keyboards and how they work later when I bring up PC, because PC gaming is going to be a part of Microsoft's side. Mm. Um, so, also, 2001, Xbox drops. Uh, this is the first console designed for a broadband world. Um, so this is the first console that uses internet. Um, so you can just play with people online and it is a fucking blast. Uh, mm-hmm. Now this didn't work or... too damn good. <laughs> so people would get dropped from their connection all the time. Because, I mean, yeah. Microsoft opened this thinking everybody had premium internet and they did yeah. not. <laughs> oh my god matt do you remember those commercials from like back in the day of like there's like two college dudes and they sit down and like one of them puts on the headset and he's like all right everyone this is dark lord 99 or something like that yes i do remember that oh man oh my god it's so cringy i love it <laughs> oh it, it's it's fan it's fantastic these these two like 20 year olds so they're like trying to play like 15 year olds and they have both have like frosted tips and like yeah. the, the, but the, my favorite thing about that is like the actual experience is so much different from that commercial because in the commercial it's like, all right, Dark Lord here, uh, big horse. I need you to go around that corner and flank him and uh, a t- tiny pear. I need you to go this way. But in reality, it's just like a bunch of like 12 year olds, like calling you the N word. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But you no, know, see, I think that commercial called out like the uh, invention of esports down the line. Cause that's exactly what esports are. <laughs> just 12 year olds calling you the N word. No, just, <laughs> The, the, the commercial like people uh yeah you know, people just like oh i need you to go here you go do that and then they actually do it like yeah the, like that's just how overwatch league and csgo and shit like that worked and that's incredible they're but they really, they're beyond their time but that's not how xbox worked at all <laughs> right they really paved the way for online play and i think the uh the sega um dreamcast had like some like internet capabilities but nothing to this degree yeah nothing like xbox live so this is the first console where it actually worked didn't work well but it worked um so it had a powerful processor hard drive and built-in ethernet port which uh even sega didn't have you had to buy an add-on for it um Mm -hmm. so the introduction uh of the xbox which just like made everybody's jaw drop to the fucking floor like everybody's like oh my god microsoft is doing shit that's not pcs what the (laughs) hell is going on right now um so people just like fucking floored they also just after the xbox was announced they uh announced a game that would change gaming forever and everybody knows exactly what the fuck i'm talking about 
they announced on the same day Halo Combat Evolved 2001. Oof. So Halo was the first real 3D uh, first-person shooter. So other 3D first-person shooters beyond this or uh, before this were on the PC, and they were basically 2D sprites in a 3D environment. Uh, whereas Halo is full 3D, 3D sprites in a 3D environment. Um, Interesting. It worked flawlessly on the Xbox. It ran at a solid 20 frames per second, which Oof. doesn't sound great now, but no, Matt, keep going. For, for, the, for the time and day was uh-huh. incredible. Um, oh, not, yeah. not even DVDs could do that. Um, so it had cutting edge graphics for the time. Best 3D anybody yeah. had ever seen. Uh, new style of specs. Uh, well, I can't talk about the specs because I don't actually have the actual spec list. Oh, man, um, tease. Yeah. Okay. But uh, th- this game was fucking revolutionary. Like, nobody mm-hmm. had seen anything like this. They revolutionized story in with first-person shooters, uh, which Valve later did a lot better, uh, which we'll talk about later. Um, and the, it was just like... Mm-hmm. this cultural milestone for gaming in general right and, and along was... with that too oh sorry um along with that too the ai that like went into that game was incredibly complex for the time as well right like it sure they, was. like yeah they, they they coded like uh all the monsters and like enemies in a way that like they would react in like dis- different situations to whatever you're doing so if you like threw a grenade like, some enemies would run away, some of them would grab it and throw it back at you. Like, this shit's just never been seen before. Exactly. So, in, in comparison... And then that, on top of all that, on top of all that, that, like, dun 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 da Yes! Oh my god. The sound design was incredible. Oh, so good. So I still get goosebumps. I gave myself goosebumps right there. Like, just, just like, slapping on my desk and, like, da 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 Oh my god. Like, you just know you're about to kick some ass. Yeah, true shit, dude. But, like... I mean, you're 100% right. Like, Halo was a completely different animal from any other 3D first-person shooter you've ever seen. Like, mm. uh, like GoldenEye 007 on the N64? Yeah. That wasn't shit. Like, people would just run into a frame and shoot at you and just stand still until you shot them back. Which was technically I mean, AI at the point. Yeah. It made you feel like a badass. Um, and then there was Doom, where everything just kind of stood still. And you just shot it. And they like fired like really shitty low res fireballs at you, um, mm-hmm. and then this comes out. Nobody had seen this shit, right? Um, so not only was the AI beyond anything anybody had ever seen, uh, the sound design was incredible. So if somebody threw a grenade behind you, you would hear it behind you, um, mm. or, or if say somebody was shooting to the side of you, not only would you see the red, like display notification on the right side of your screen you would hear it so it it integrated 3d sound design in with a 3d environment which is incredible for something Mm -hmm. from 2001 um now internet wasn't enabled at first in 2001 uh xbox live dropped in 2002 uh it was the first online console gaming service um so Mm -hmm. basically it was for like matchmaking uh, like Halo versus kind of shit. Um, okay, gotcha. You could have voice. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched a YouTube video, uh, that was uploaded, um, for the uh 2001 era. 
of gaming. But uh, Xbox Live, then, even if you didn't have a shitty mic, was the shittiest sound experience ever. Yeah. Like... <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like. I'm sorry, what was that again, Commander? Bleep, you know. Yeah, N-word, N-word. Yeah. You suck at the game, N-word. Oh, God. Pretty much. Yeah, so it sucked ass. A true cultural milestone. A true cultural milestone where you could be racist online in real time. There was also uh, really high-speed download speeds, which uh, was kind of cool. Um, You could just download updates to your game super quick. Uh, It would take you only only three hours to download a 15 megabyte uh, update. Really? Oh, fancy. Only three hours. Yeah, uh, probably less than that, but it took me three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So then you could have, like, friends online. It would save a friend list. Uh, now, I'm going to call this out real fast. RuneScape gotcha. had already implemented the friends list uh, option on PC, and that was a browser game. Uh, RuneScape Classic. I believe that dropped in 2001 uh, officially for public use. Uh, okay. Now, that actually was a r- real long list of ideas for game makers, uh-huh. uh, even though they will not admit it ever, uh, because a lot of... Uh, game designers have designed shit off of RuneScape UI, which I think is super mm. fucking cool. A game that people shit on, or will shit on for generations. I is, know, I uh, do. Yeah, exactly. Like, buying GF 10k. People took that kind of shit from RuneScape. Like, the chat chat box, that that was all RuneScape. Yeah. Uh, World of Warcraft implemented the same exact thing. Uh, super fucking cool. Um, and so Xbox kind of took some shit like that. So they took the friends list idea. Uh, so now you could add friends online, uh, and just, you know, mm-hmm. anytime you could see them online, you could play Halo with them or any other game that Xbox Live was compatible with. So it really created like a community. They created an actual gaming community, which was completely new. Uh, nobody right. had ever done this before. Even Nintendo, as many people who loved them... They oh, weren't God. exactly, you know, connected in the same way that people mm-hmm. playing Xbox were. Um, yeah. Which is why so many people swear by Xbox today is because they were the first real gaming community that was outside of a magazine or like a newsletter. Yeah, or like the schoolyard and everything. And like exactly. along with that, like the Xbox is like also where a lot of friendships formed. Like one of my favorite things to like see on like Reddit or like, you know, wherever I consume my memes is like stories of like gamers who like played uh like halo uh combat evolved like way back in the day and then they like met up in real life when they're like all adults yeah and everything like that uh and like you know people will keep the same gamer tag and like as console generations go on they will like meet up with each other again over and over yeah Um, i have a few friends like that from the uh halo 3 days yeah exactly yeah it's really beautiful yeah, I, see, I, I didn't think we were gonna get this like sentimental on a podcast talking about video games and okay, everything. Well, that's video games. We're now in the era where we remember this shit happening. Like that, you know, we're oh, gonna get nostalgic. <laughs> that's very true. That, that's definitely gonna be the difference between this episode and the the one from two weeks ago with exactly. uh, Sega and Nintendo. Um, it's also weird for me because I, I mean, I'm, we're reminiscing about this, and I'm also looking at a photo of Bill Gates and Dwayne the Rock Johnson on stage announcing the xbox oh shit 
I don't know if you've seen this, but apparently Bill Gates, like as a celebrity guest, called up uh, uh, The Rock and was like, hey, like, we'll pay you money to come help us promote this. And so there's a video of them on stage and uh, Johnson just looks like a really shitty, like cosplay version of Morpheus from uh, <laughs> from The Matrix. Oh, he's got like God. the tiny, he's got like the, the turtleneck and the tiny glasses and everything, <laughs> like a really dark suit. He's just kind of like <laughs> posing with that, that that classic like smirk, and then Bill Gates is like awkwardly like leaning on the the podium. I love that. Oh, it it, it looks like the uh, if you had a caption, it'd be like you know when the the popular kid and the school nerd get partnered on a project. The true shit. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, um. Yeah. So Xbox Live was you know exactly that. It was the biggest thing in gaming ever. Um, and you know, I don't say that lightly. I am a Nintendo fan first and foremost, and then a PC and fan, and then a Sony fan before an Xbox fan. But I will say, Xbox Live changed the game in the best way possible for the entire gaming community. Mm-hmm. That shit was incredible. Um, so along with Xbox Live, the gamer tag dropped. So that's when you would get XX Gamer Girl XX in your chat, but it was actually a dude. <laughs> yeah, XX underscore like sixty nine sixty nine underscore underscore uh, Gamer Girl. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, all, all the clan tags and everything that people would make too. Yeah. Oh my god, did I ever tell you about my gamer clan? No. Oh my god, I, did I, not. I don't even remember the name, but when I was like 10 years old, I joined a gamer clan on Xbox, <laughs> on my cousin's Xbox, and uh, I, I would just play like Halo 3 matches, and just like, all we would do was lose matches, and it was just a bunch of 10 year olds, <laughs> and we'd be like, okay guys, we're gonna go pro, we're actually gonna make money at this, we never actually did. <laughs> yeah, of course. What's the strategy this time? Just run straight down the center and shoot things. Yeah, I think. exactly. Like I was ten years old, so I'd stop in the middle of the field to shoot. <laughs> like it's so bad. Uh, um, good times. But yeah, so gamer tags dropped. Uh, Halo Two in two thousand four dropped. Uh, so that was a much better integration of Xbox Live um, and like sort of matchmaking in terms of verses and shit like that. They had better maps. They had better graphics. Everything was better in Halo Two. Um, including the story. The story was incredible, uh, at least in terms of first-person shooters at the time. <laughs> yeah. Right now, you would look at, like, Red Dead Redemption 2 and then compare it to Halo 2, and you'd just be like, what the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, that that happened. Um, so, th- this was more of a, like, good representation of modern multiplayer. Um, mm-hmm. So, it, it, going online now... Uh, is very similar to going online when Halo 2 was the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, everything works about the same. So you would get into a lobby, you'd see people join, and then the game would start. And that's exactly how all modern games work. So Overwatch and uh, what's the new one? Valorant. Valorant does the, exactly the same thing. I mean, you don't see everybody join all at the same time, but, you know you're still in the same sort of lobby and it's doing the same thing in the background. Um, which is right. incredible that in 2002 they did this shit, or 2004 they did this shit, and it's still used today in 2020 for those of you listening not in 2020. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Xbox Live Arcade, 
happened in uh, 2004. Uh, Xbox is really embracing the internet. Um, so mm-hmm. Arcade made it possible to get uh, console games as downloads. Um, so you could just download games instead of going to GameStop and picking it up in a hard disk form. Uh, now, the Xbox didn't have a very big hard drive, so you could only really download one or two games at a time. Um, uh. Which sucked ass, honestly, because you would have to uninstall games to play your new games. Um, which is why people like PC now, so you can play on 20 gig or 20 uh, terabytes and not even blink at it. Um, but yeah, so digital downloads are now the most popular method after this was, you know, initially released. It only took about 10 years for <laughs> uh, downloads to become the norm. Um, gotcha. So. It, I think Which the I mean, statistic may- for The Last of Us, when the first Last of Us game dropped, um, that was mostly uh, over 50% of those were downloads on PS3. Uh, mm. which, is which, I mean, ma- which I mean, makes sense that like, it would take that long because the video game industry was so like built around like actual hardware, actual physical like cartridges, and then eventually like CDs that you can like hold in your hand. Yeah. Like, and I, I would I would argue it still is um, because people are super into the idea of having a game room or having a mm-hmm. game shelf like I am. I'm a PC gamer, first first of all, um, so this doesn't really apply too much to me. But uh, a lot of people have their hard disks on a shelf in like alphabetical order and shit, and they want to show off their library. So I've seen people with like Xbox One libraries that are like ceiling to floor in like new editions and first editions and shit. It's incredible yeah. how into this people are. Exactly. Exactly. It, it becomes less a game that you can go out and just buy. And then, you know, you're done with and more about like an appreciation for like the art form. Which yeah, again, exactly. I, I am a strong proponent that the best and most complete art medium is video games because it's a meshing of so many different mediums, including sound design, music, uh, visual arts, storytelling, all these other things, like sculpting and whatnot. Like it, it's 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 a blending of all of that, and it just culminates into, you know, this thing that we call video games. This, which is a term that I personally feel like downplays a lot of like what these experiences are. But that's this isn't my time. Sorry, Matt. Please get back to the the uh, the uh, Xbox and Windows. Yeah, no worries. Um, so. Okay, where am I at? Uh, okay, 2005. Um, yes. Um, so Xbox original history is mostly just games, and they're like they're exclusives, um, which they had a shit ton starting mm-hmm. out. Um, unlike today, where they have almost none. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So Forza Motorsport dropped in uh, 2005. Ooh. Now this was like Mario Kart, but more realistic and better in every way if you liked realism <laughs> so you had like rainy environments you were driving around on a real ass track that actually existed in real life um and uh they had real cars so mm-hmm. honda was in on it uh i think ferrari was in on it lamborghini so, was in on it yeah you, you had all like... the major car players uh they had mm-hmm. representation in this game um so along with that like jamiroquai did the soundtrack for like one of their games as well yeah they sure did which like if you've ever seen napoleon dynamite jamiroquai is the band that does the the song that napoleon dances to canned heat 
Yeah, Jamiroquai oh. is fucking incredible. If you haven't listened oh, to them, go God. on Spotify or whatever. Get, get off our podcast yeah. for like three minutes and listen to them. <laughs> Actually, don't please don't do that for our sake. Like, do it, but come back. <laughs> yes. Oh, check out Virtual Insanity. Um, just best song I can possibly think of at this moment. Um, but yeah, so Forza and just an incredible game. Forza is incredible, dude, but not so much anymore because it's just kind of the same game over and over yeah Um, it peters out yeah there's only so much you can do with a racing game that doesn't have magic or items (laughs) yeah so that's fair yeah um so we're just gonna kind of skip over that for a second then after that i don't know why they didn't release it with this uh also in 2005 the xbox 360 was announced and uh was released all, all in 2005 um so the xbox 360 had better xbox live much better like we're talking leagues better <laughs> like <laughs> like this is the difference between century link and like you know plugging your internet directly into a server room <laughs> like right. it's incredible um it also had uh, featured hd graphics so uh the xbox 360 could play up to 720 and 1080p 1080p at 30 frames per second 720p at uh, around 40 Uh, yes yeah so it was some sturdy hardware that shit was incredible um so the i'm really mad because the only game i think i've ever really seen on the xbox 360 is sonic uh sonic 2006 oh jesus christ yeah so wait <laughs> definitely, wait definitely not a game that like is like built around the idea no of, no like, no sonic 07 right oh uh, yeah sonic 07 you're right yeah yeah the really really sketchy one where he like makes out with the human yeah the awful one with the furry shit that doesn't work <laughs> all sonic shit is furry shit uh, well it's all furry shit but he, he actually has humans and then the game just does not work at yeah. any level it, exactly yeah i've played that shit on an emulator i got a hold of one of the original 360 discs and plugged it into my computer via a different hard or uh disc drive yeah it worked better play... than on the 360 but still didn't work <laughs> i tried to play through it on my old like playstation 3 and it's it's hell that was before i realized like what video games actually like should be and i was like this game's great it's got sonic i love sonic and then i tried to replay it years ago and i was like god fuck this is terrible oh yeah. my god Oh, shit. It was the worst. Um, but yeah, so the 360 had definitely a 360 theme. Um, so everything was circular. Uh, so, you know, they, they had a more pronounced controller, so it didn't, you know, feel like a block in your hands. It was a uh-huh. little more comfortable to hold. Everything was a little bit more rounded, hence 360. Uh, they also had the circular power button, um, which everybody remembers with the red ring of death uh mm-hmm. now this most of my information is coming from the official xbox history walk um from the xbox site xbox does not acknowledge this uh most of the 360s that were released uh ended up having this problem called the red ring of death so the console would just kind of stop working the power button would turn red around the edges um and you know it it just it was unusable so there was an rma service that microsoft employed uh where they would just you know Mm -hmm. you you could send them your 360 they would fix it and send it back 
except they never actually fixed it. <laughs> they would send it back and it would work for a little while and then it would get the red ring again. Oh, Jesus. Um, so that, that didn't really help their sales uh, very much in the beginning. And and this was like a considerable amount of 360s as well. Right? Yeah, this like, was like the like majority of, of 360s. <laughs> God. Damn it. I can't imagine. Like, because you, you have to wait like weeks to get it back as well, because they're probably back order trying to repair them. Exactly. So you wait for weeks. You're, you're dying to play Sonic 07. You know? <laughs> you're like, I got to see that, that sweet, sweet furry porn. I, this is the only way I can, like, consume it. Like, that's, you know, legal in my church and with my morals. Exactly. And, you know, you're, you're getting ready. You're, you're all excited. You're all hot <laughs> and heavy to see Sonic go at it with uh, this, this, this human being and then get the red ring of death again you get blue balled again like i can't imagine what that would be like yeah <laughs> say so, something say something say uh, anything <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> i mean i i don't i'm not super into the furry shit but you know whatever you uh really <laughs> like bro I, I know amy's probably pretty cute to you <laughs> oh god no with those giant monster hands with those giant monster hands her entire personality is just girl <laughs> um my handle just fell off of my drawer <laughs> i don't wow uh that's a that's a let's ruin it uh exclusive right there friends you're not going to hear that anywhere else what the fuck just happened why did that it sounds happen? like you broke your drawer i didn't i wasn't touching it <laughs> okay well for those of you watching on stream right now here's my drawer handle <laughs> That that's just gonna go over here. Um, okay, okay, so three sixty. So three sixty. Uh, so all that shit's going down. Uh, Microsoft completely ignores that part of their history, which I think is hilarious. Um, you should probably just own up to it, Bill Gates, if you're listening. Uh, yeah, don't be a pussy. come out as you coward. <laughs> you you multi millionaire coward. Yeah, exactly. Fucking drop a hundred dollar bill and not care about it, you pussy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're both gonna be we're we're both gonna end up dead tomorrow, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're just talking about Bill Gates, not a politician. We're good to go. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> so in 2006, now the Clintons, on the other hand, oh man, don't get me oh, started. God. The Clintons, the Trumps, the royal family, everybody, everybody is just shit. <laughs> Giant Meteor 2020, everybody. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, okay? I, I would normally be fine with it, but, like, with the escalation of weirdness in this, like, in our planet, with, like, COVID starting at the beginning of the year, like, I don't want to... Don't don't bring up okay. Giant Meteor. We're already in the zombie apocalypse. What do you want from me? <laughs> Not the Giant Meteor! You know, just end it. <laughs> Anything but the Giant Meteor. No, man, we got, like, dogs still. Like, there's just okay, still that's things true. to look forward yeah, to. Save the dogs. Hashtag yeah, save the dogs. When the dogs are gone, I'm I'm okay with us like you know being over. But like, there's still dogs. There's still things to live for. Fair enough, honestly. Okay, so I'm sorry. As you were saying. <laughs> okay, so uh, while this uh horrible hardware bullshit is going on, um, Gears of War is released in 2006. Uh, now Gears of War is another revolution in uh first person shooters. And the AI is so much better than Halo has ever been. Mm. The graphics are incredible. Um, this is the first introduction uh, of an HD FPS game, uh, which, you know, everybody just lost their shit. This was announced at E3 and people like pissed in their seats and came in their pants. It was 
amazing. Uh, you, it, it doesn't sound like it was amazing for the janitorial staff. Honestly, they probably came too. They, they, <laughs> like, you don't even have to like video games to just nut over this. Yeah, there's um, guns with chainsaws on them. There's it's guns with incredible. chainsaws. Like, what isn't to like? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this was designed specifically for the 360, according to Microsoft. This is a direct quote now. Uh, designed specifically for the Xbox 360, Gears of War ushered in the era of HD gaming and became the fastest-selling exclusive Xbox game ever. And that is wow. still true today. This is the fastest seller of uh, both Xbox 360s and Xbox games. Um, now, the newest generation of uh, Xbox 360s uh, were just about to come out. Um, this was the 360 that didn't get the Red Ring of Death. They fixed the problem. Um, so this is the one you all were waiting for as children. Your parents were just like, hey, that shit doesn't work. We're not going to buy that for a kid. If you still have a 360 and it still works, it's the second gen. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that, that came out, uh, around the same time as Gears of War. Uh, so you could actually enjoy the game for more than 30 minutes of play on a new console. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Gears of War, good time, multiplayer, online, everything was supported. Uh, then, mm. in 2009... The biggest thing in Microsoft, also not at all Microsoft history, Minecraft. Minecraft Notch. was announced yeah. and released in 2009 in beta. Blocks. So uh, another direct quote from the Microsoft site here. Uh, Thanks to its global community, Minecraft has become one of the most popular games in history, which is true. It's uh, in the top mm -hmm. 10. Um, every day, millions of players come together to create, explore, and survive. So if you haven't played Minecraft, you need to. It is, even if, you know, you're against video games, it's the most relaxing, chill experience you will ever have. You just build shit and, you know, have a good time. And you can do that. Alternatively, you can try and build a little shack, get blown up by a creature whose sole purpose is to explode. <laughs> Uh, get knocked into, like, a cavern where you can't see anything, and get eaten by fucking skeletons. Um, so it's a very... There's there's a duality to Minecraft, but I will still posit, you know, it's still one of my, my firmest theories on humanity. People be liking cubes. People do be liking cubes. People do be liking cubes. So you put a cube out there, and they're like, oh shit, I, this shit, I like this. Let's uh, put some cubes together and call it good. Yeah. Um, so you can either play Minecraft and be bad at it <laughs> and get blown up, or you can be yes. good at it and build a I'll, castle. I'll, I'll, I'll own up to that shit. Yeah, no, uh, I'm also bad at Minecraft, honestly. I'm really not good. Uh, if you've seen my streams of Minecraft, it's mostly me getting blown up while everybody else builds shit around me. <laughs> so, yeah, so I can tell you, uh, both Cole and I are bad, if that's our experience. Um, mm. now 2010 comes around we're in a new decade gaming is the norm if you don't play mm. video games you're fucking weirdo you, yeah. you get out of my chat exactly Fuck you. why are you on twitch <laughs> <laughs> like no um so if you don't play video games in 2010 uh you are probably you're the outcast now well right? you're, you're probably like a fan of sports you're probably a fan of, you know, just being active and being out of the house. You're probably, you've you're got probably like some good person. ADHD. 
You're, you're probably go. like a terrible human being, is what Matt's trying to say. You probably don't drop the N word every twenty seconds, so you're probably better <laughs> there. Um, right? Why do you have a lighter? Oh, I forgot I'm on stream. I don't know. I just have it. Let's let's not be doing that on uh, on Twitch.tv slash preoccupied. <laughs> I, I have candles around me. I have okay, okay. Me. See, that's better. Um, you can't smoke on stream though. Oh no no no! I wasn't. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> just want to make sure. Um, so, so 2010 comes around and Xbox makes the biggest flub of their career. <laughs> um, at least in my opinion, this is not okay. like official. Uh, this is me just being an asshole, I guess. Uh, now the Nintendo Wii in 2008 came out. Uh, the Wii was one of the best selling consoles of all time. It's in yeah. the, like top three or four. Um, it, it's super fucking good. It's, it's all motion fun. controls. It's fun. Yeah. It gets all the casual console players in on it. Uh, you don't have to be a hardcore gamer to enjoy the Wii. Now it's 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 your suburban mom's video game console. Exactly. It's it's the Karen console. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Sony and Microsoft both wanted to get in on this. Uh, I don't know. Do you have anything on the Sony's motion control? No, I I didn't see anything on that. Okay, so we'll. We probably won't cover Sony's side, because, uh, honestly, it's less known than this, and uh, it's just, they didn't support it very much. Um, yeah. So, the Xbox Connect comes out in 2010. Uh, this is uh, Microsoft's answer to the Nintendo Wii. Um, instead of using controllers, you use your body to motion control games. Now, this worked with their tech demos, and this worked with all of the games they released with Connect, But over time, and by over time, I mean months in, <laughs> they started releasing shit that just didn't work. The Connect was not very good in terms of hardware. It was a good webcam. It was mm-hmm. not a good motion control device. Um, so this is the first ever hands-free gaming device. Uh, you didn't need any sort of controller. You, all you needed to do was stand in front of a fucking camera. Uh, you can also talk to it, so you could say Xbox on, and the Xbox would turn on, which is super, super mm-hmm. goddamn cool. Um, but then you would games get games like Star Wars Connect, where it was just like ha- half of it was a dancing game, and half of it was just <laughs> oh, a right. game where you swung your arms around and a lightsaber would block shit. Yeah, um, and then you win. And then you win. Yeah, you you just flail and you win. Um, so that was a giant failure. Uh, Xbox started to support the Kinect a lot more than regular games, uh, which yeah. is why when Sony, uh, the Sony's PS3 was not super popular to begin with because it was super hard to develop for, um, and it was hard to, you know, just kind of get. It was a little bit more expensive than the Xbox 360. Uh, it had fewer, fewer games. But then once the Kinect came out, Sony started to come into their own. They started getting a lot more exclusives. Uh, everything looked better. And then The Last of Us came out. The the last major Oof. AAA title um, on Oof. the PlayStation. Do you want to talk about The Last of Us? You seem pretty excited about um, that. Before we go into The Last of Us, I didn't realize we were talking about peripherals, like motion control peripherals. There mm-hmm. was this Sony PlayStation Move, which I actually had yes. back in the day. So I don't know too much about the production, uh, but I do know that it did kind of pave the way for the um the PlayStation VR because it like was a for like a forefather to like PlayStation like hand tracking and whatnot. 
Uh, I just remember playing a game where it was like a sports camp and you got to choose these different characters to like do like disc golf or like archery with. And then like me and my dad would just like play the gladiator game and he would kick my ass every time because he could move his arm faster than me. Like he would just like go limp and like (laughs) flail around. Um, But yeah, so uh, one of the things I love about PlayStation is they really focus on narratively driven games. So um, the production studio Naughty Dog, um, which produced a ton of stuff way back in the day, they are actually people who produced um, Crash Bandicoot, which was like the PlayStation's like one of their first major titles. Um, If you want to talk about like weird advertising and everything, they had like these old advertisements of Crash, who was this like little orange like creature from Australia like but he's like in the commercials he's like a giant mascot and he's basically just like telling uh nintendo to go fuck themselves it's fantastic um but when it came to night dog like growing and everything they produced uh a series of games called uncharted which you may have heard of which is all about like treasure hunting indiana jones style with nathan drake and then the last of us came about and matt i don't know if you know too much about the um the like sales and whatnot but what I know is that The Last of Us was a not only like a like business hit, it was an artistic hit. So it yeah, dra- it was a critical and business hit in every respect. Uh, I I don't know if you've ever looked up the reviews <laughs> for it, but mm-hmm. it has never once gotten anything under a ninety percent in any way that isn't presented in a respectable manner so it is a masterpiece it is it, a it, masterpiece it, it is probably if, the best game ever released mm-hmm. in terms it, it of fa- reviews <laughs> it, so it follows the story of um essentially these these two people a, a young woman and uh ellie and an older man joel try and survive in this very unique zombie apocalypse um if you if you you know don't have the the means to buy the game and check it out for yourself, I would highly recommend that you go and check out just the opening, like, the opening uh, level to the game. Oh, dude, you'll, that, you'll, that's gonna break some oh, hearts. <laughs> oh, so good. If you've uh, ever seen The Walking Dead, think of that, but sadder and yeah. better written. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. So Matt, why why are we talking about The Last of Us again? Please remind me. So The Last of Us and a few games before it, like Uncharted, uh, a lot of the Uncharted series on the PlayStation 3, um, those skyrocketed Sony uh, above uh, Microsoft's uh, game sales and console sales. So these Hmm. games sold consoles. The Last of Us in particular. But... Sony fucked up with The Last of Us in one respect. The PS4 was about to come out. So the PS4 mm-hmm. drops just after The Last of Us comes out. Uh, and then, and then, and then, as the PS4 is announced, one thing in response happened. Only huh. one. And I mean what? one. <laughs> Matt, come on the edge of my seat. Come on, man. The Xbox One is announced in 2013. (laughs) So the Xbox uh, One, it comes out in 2013. Uh, This is a much higher res version of the Xbox 360. Um, It has a lot of the same sort of specs, but, you know, just upgraded. 
so now it can do 1080p at 60 frames per second. Grand Theft Auto 5 is released on the Xbox One. Just about on release. Wow. Uh, which, you know, Grand Theft Auto 5 is one of the best open world games ever. Uh, along I, with thought, uh, I thought, I thought, um, I thought, I could have sworn that Grand Theft Auto 5 was cross-platform. It, it was, but it looked better uh just oh, on based, the, okay, on, gotcha. based on user reviews it looked better on the xbox one than it did on the uh playstation 4 uh, gotcha mostly because the first person didn't drop frames like the playstation 4 version did at the beginning mm. uh obviously the playstation 4 uh patched patched that issue out um and so they just about played the same um but it is definitely you know correct to say that the Xbox One had better hardware than the PlayStation mm-hmm. 4. Uh, whether it was implemented better or not is up for, you know, much debate uh, because this is still technically the current generation. Um, and a lot of people swear by the Xbox One versus the PlayStation 4. Um, now, yeah. the PlayStation 4 definitely won this era uh, because the Xbox One's exclusives were not as good. So right. Halo... Halo 4 was not great. Uh, right. It, things kind of petered out after 3 and yeah, ODST. Exactly. Um, Halo 4 and Halo 5 were not great. Um, so the, I'm going to skip a few things here. Uh, X, <laughs> Xbox came, Game Pass. So this so 2013 is when the Xbox One comes out. Um, the Xbox Game Pass comes out in 2017. Four years okay. after this console comes out. That is awful. Um, so the service, uh, this is a quote from the Microsoft history site. Uh, this is, this service features unlimited access to over 100 titles to download and play. Uh, they, they, you know, this sounds amazing, but this is only because the Xbox one was not backwards compatible. So mm-hmm. it couldn't play Xbox games or Xbox 360 games. Uh, mm. that you had to download them and not all titles were available of course um so that kind of sucked ass uh yeah, also it along, like really limiting yeah along with game pass came out the xbox one x uh the better version of the xbox one the, which you know honestly looks a shit ton better than yeah. the xbox one and it just you know performs better it has better hardware it's sleeker it you know makes less noise uh while you're playing it um, and so, again, another quote from the history website, uh, introduced as the first, uh, the world's first, uh, sorry, hold on. You're good. No, no, Oof. you're good. We've been talking for like almost two hours now. Yeah. No, I'm starting to get tongue tied. Uh, yeah. introduced as the world's most powerful console. The Xbox one X takes full advantage of the ultra high definition TVs featuring high din- dynamic range and true 4k visuals. This was the first console that supported full 4k. So you wouldn't wow. get 60 FPS on 4K, you would get 30 FPS, but that was still a lot more than most consoles could do at the time. Right. Um, so the Wii U and you know the new Nintendo Switch could not do this. Um, the course. Nintendo Switch still can't do 4K. Uh, well, it can, but not very well <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it downgrades you know graphic qualities and LOD or level of detail. That kind of right. shit, um, which isn't great. Um, and then they just kind of released a bunch of specs 
or you know external stuff for yeah. the Xbox One X. I like the adaptive controller, which is kind of cool. Um, it's the first controller that oh. is uh, for limited mobility gamers. Oh, so people with right uh, disabilities can use this super easily. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So uh, Time Magazine, uh, you know, recognized it as one of the year's best inventions uh, in 2018. Wow. Uh, which I think is kind of incredible for a game controller. Um, but you can see, like, uh, advertisements of people using it, and it's, like, somebody with, like, only one uh, one arm using it and limited mobility and, like, paralysis right. and that kind of shit. I'm, I'm looking at a picture right now. It doesn't even look like, look like a center controller. It looks like a almost like a DJ pad. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It, it's incredible how it works, and I would never be able to play on it, but it's not designed for me. <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, that's uh, kind of the history of Xbox up until now. Now, recently, the new consoles were announced. Right. Oof. Should we talk about the, that? I think very briefly. I don't want. I, I think we've been talking for a very, very long time. But we should definitely touch on them. So, um, you know, the, uh, the the PlayStation Five and the Scorpio, I think, is what they're calling it. Well, the, the the, their Scorpio. official name now is the Xbox Series X xbox series x yes so they're they're gonna be coming out soon right matt uh very soon yeah so um what's interesting is you know with our last episode on the console wars like i said earlier it was really the fans that drove the war with this generation with these consoles um you know oftentimes there'd be like fights so to say on the schoolyard if you know, over, you know, whether PlayStation or Xbox was better. I remember getting into some like verbal disagreements on the school bus in junior high, uh, <laughs> saying that like PlayStation was better. And then my friend Vince would be like, you're fucking dumb. And then he'd like go into like a 20 minute rant about everything, yeah. uh, about like why the Xbox was so much better and, and whatnot. But, um, what I, I found out a Washington Post article that's really, it's interesting because it talks about how the console war isn't really a war anymore because the two companies are kind of going in different directions. So, like I mentioned earlier, uh, like Sony's really strong strengths is in creating these, uh, like emotionally driven, like uh, single player campaigns that are like more narrative. They're more story based. So, if you look at like Ghost of uh, Tsushima, if you look at God of War, the new one where Kratos has a kid, and it's all like emotional and dad stuff. Um, like that's really where the strengths lie in. And then Matt, where, where would you say Xbox's strengths lie in these days? So Xbox strengths are are not in their games at all. <laughs> um, so they don't have they they actually just announced that they're not going to have any exclusives for a while um, because they want their platform to be open, which is a stupid ass business idea. Uh, Microsoft, if you're listening, fucking fight me! <laughs> like you guys are doing some dumb shit right now. Um, but they are winning in terms of hardware. So their RTX or ray tracing software and hardware are leagues above what the PS5 are doing. Um, right. If you look at their specs and you know what you're looking at, uh, the Xbox uh, Series X is more like a high-end gaming PC uh, than a console, uh, mm-hmm. which is, I think, incredible um, because gaming PCs have led in graphics and in you know fps for such a long time that like a console rivaling that is insane um Mm -hmm. now before we come up with an actual verdict 
I think I need to address our final contender. Is that okay? Do you think we have oh, enough time? I, yeah, let's, let's do it. Okay, so the final contender, also on the Microsoft side of the console wars, is the PC Master Race. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. No. Uh, All right, right, Matt. I'm I'm giving you five minutes for this one. Five minutes. Yeah, that's all we really need. Um, So PC is the most underrated form of gaming, in my opinion, at least. Um, So... PC gaming PC, is PC gamers are the most oppressed people on the face of the planet. No, 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 no. Let's not put that out there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, PC gaming is incredible. It is a good time, and I recommend it to everybody who owns a computer. But um, so PC gaming really came into its own with Doom, the first ever Doom. Uh, so you used a mouse and keyboard to shoot and run around. And it was mm. a good-ass time. Same thing with the first Wolfenstein. Whatever. Great 90s PC gaming. You had to yeah. do a lot to get it running. But once you got it running, it was just hours of fun. Um, so Valve became a thing in... What year is this? This is... Early 2000s, late 90s. It doesn't mm-hmm. tell me right here. Uh, right. And most people in Valve came from Microsoft, right? Yeah. So Gabe Newell was one of the co-founders of Microsoft. Um, he was just kind of there from the beginning. Uh, was a huge you know, player in Xbox. And mm-hmm. then he just kind of quit. <laughs> he he yeah. left and formed Valve. Um, now, he is the CEO and leader of Valve. Um, which is one of the best PC game creators of all time, sometimes console too, um, mm. but mostly PC. So he made things, or he and Valve made things like Half-Life, the mm. best... Uh, the, uh, I'm going to stop right they- there. The, the Valve created a bunch of games that revolutionized gaming in general. Um, yeah, So the definitely. first Half-Life game showed that you could use really good storytelling in a first person shooter and not um, only like really good storytelling but like environmental storytelling exactly. which is something that had not happened before oftentimes it would be like a block of text that a character would give you and you move on and then Val comes around and there's like you, you can turn a corner and see like a bloody handprint on the wall and you keep walking and you like find a guard that's like on the ground dead or something like that or exactly. like you can see like damage to the environment that like is in correlation to the story that's going on they also created uh, Team Fortress, which is like arguably like one of the best first-person shooters, like team first-person first, shooters uh, out there. Esports, actually. Yeah, and then uh, they also created one of my favorite gaming series, which is Portal, the yeah. sassy like physics-based puzzle game uh, that has you going up against a rogue AI. Yeah, so Portal came out, and that was a good use of physics. But as is common with Valve, their good shit only happens really in half-life so half-life 2 comes out and that is the best use of physics in a video game at that time um which then turns into portal 2 which you know builds upon that and uses the physics as its own like entire gameplay which you know works super well their physics engine is incredible still to this Mm -hmm. day in 2020 it is unrivaled. So Half-Life 2 right. comes out, it introduces physics into good storytelling and FPS shooting, um, and then everybody just kind of copies them. 
this came out first on PC and then it came to console, which is exactly the opposite of what happens today. <laughs> um, right. most, most things come out on console and then they come to PC and then they suck on PC. Um, right. Well, actually, Gabe Newell hated having his uh, like like Valve games brought over to console because it was a very lengthy and like tricky process. Yeah. Uh, and that's the whole reason why they like you won't see any more like Valve games on a standard console is because like they just despise having to transfer everything over. Yeah. It's um, uh, it's a lot different software. It's really hard to do, which is why when people complain about bad PC ports, it's because PC works on a completely different system from any console um which is why they aren't doing vr games that are cross compatible for the most part um so when you have a pc based vr Mm -hmm. game it's not going to make it to console most likely so uh half-life alex is the newest half-life game uh now people are already saying it's revolutionizing the uh vr technology and the gaming scene which I think it is because Half-Life storytelling, again, in a first-person shooter, but it uses VR and VR physics. Right. Um, you know what? VR might have to be an, an, like a whole other episode that we get into. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think, Matt, unfortunately, we're almost at the two-hour mark. Yeah, we're, we're getting a little it, long. I, and we still have to close and everything. So I hate to cut you off, but you know, listeners, if you want us to continue like talking about video games and dive more into the history of video games... Don't be afraid to reach out to us and let us know. But I think I think we can both agree who won this console war, right? PlayStation. Philip CDI. Yes. Wait, hold on. Very obviously, <laughs> Philip CDI. No. Um, <laughs> hold on. Um, all right, friends. That has been Let's Ruin It, the podcast that ruins the things that you like and does deep dives into everything else. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find our podcast... Uh, well, our podcast is dropped every single Monday, um, and we stream apparently now every Sunday, the night before. Uh, we'll be dropping links to our social media and places where you can reach out to us in the uh, text below uh, or just, you know, in the episode description. Uh, but Matt, is there anything else you want to say to our fantastic audience before we uh, close out? Yes, I actually got called out on some shit I got wrong uh, in the Ooh. Twitch chat. Uh, <gasps> oh my yeah. goodness, we have our first like referendum we have our first oh okay okay so uh gears of war is not a first person shooter it is a third person shooter it's not an fps it's a tps which is also revolutionary because third person shooters were not very common at the time so i'm sorry for messing that up licks thank you for pointing that out to me in the twitch chat over at twitch.tv slash preoccupied um Mm -hmm. you are a fucking hero (laughs) (laughs) yeah you would have been roasted um we will i i kind of dropped the ball in dropping the um the sources for our last episode on tico brahe so i'll be doing that tomorrow at some point Uh, and then we'll be dropping the sources for this episode as well onto our twitter which is uh let's ruin it pod yeah yeah let's ruin it pod the same thing with our instagram which is at let's ruin it pod uh if you want to reach out to us over uh email and like whatnot we are over at let's ruin it podcast at gmail.com and uh matt do you want to give a little teaser into what we're gonna be talking about next week with your one-off oh shit yeah we're talking about mad jack a man who went into world war ii with nothing but a broadsword and a kilt and a dream so (laughs) what a fucking teaser yeah (laughs) so friends look out for that next monday or you know next sunday if you're watching this stream uh as always my name is cole travis my name is wear a mask Social distance. I love you. (laughs) Have a great night.
Drive safe. <laughs> <laughs>